The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Welcome to Psych Up Live. I'm your host, Suzanne Phillips. And we have a very interesting show for you today. You know, we often talk about narrating our stories as part of healing. Part of that narration is the opportunity to share the pain we've suffered with someone who will listen in a compassionate way. But another important part of our story that we sometimes miss are the glimpses of our courage, of risks that we've faced, of good times that we've had. We actually are the story we tell ourselves about ourselves. Today, you will have an opportunity to reconsider your story. Is it working for you? Is there the possibility you might be able to change it? Our guest and expert is Bruce Van Horn. He's a best-selling author, speaker, leadership coach, cancer conqueror, and the host of the podcast, Life is a Marathon. Now, Bruce Van Horn did an earlier show on Psych Up Live that many, many people enjoyed. He shared the strategies so that we would worry no more from his book. Today, Bruce is going to offer us a version of his important program, Restory You. Bruce Van Horn, it's my pleasure to welcome you back to Psych Up Live. Suzanne, it is my pleasure to be back with you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Um, So what do you mean when you say restory you? What is that? Okay. Well, you know, and I I loved where you went with that in the intro. We are 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, maybe not 24-7, but certainly during the majority of our conscious moments, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed at night, we are constantly talking to ourselves in our heads, right? You know, think about just even taking a shower. When was the last time you took a shower and you only focused on washing your body? You (laughs) you get into this immediate, this full-blown conversation. Sometimes we argue with ourselves, but we are always telling ourselves a story, and we're narrating what we're seeing, what we're doing. You know, our, this voice in our head is constantly talking. And we, it, I loved how you said that. We actually wind up becoming 
the story that we tell ourselves. We, mm-hmm. we become, our, literally our, our thoughts become things, which is a really popular phrase these days. But if you take a, it's not really a, a woo-woo kind of, you know, esoteric idea. Everything that exists started as a thought. You know, somebody right. thought of the telephone, the light bulb, the iPhone, you know, everything, the house that we live in, the chair that you're sitting on started as somebody's thought. You know, the thoughts that we tell ourselves become the story of our lives. And very often we get caught up in telling ourselves a story that limits our real abilities. We tell our, the, I like to say that the only thing that stands in the way of living the life that we want to live is the story we tell ourselves about what is possible. You know, we might be able to say, oh, well, I would love to climb Mount Everest. Oh, but I could never do that. And right. then here come the myriad of reasons to to support the story of I could never do it. Or, you know, I'm I'm a divorcee. And, you know, because of the pain that I've had in my life, there's going to be pain. Nobody's going to want me. And so we just don't even go out on dates. You know, mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we tell ourselves this, a story about our lives. And usually that story is holding us back from mm-hmm. living the, the true, full, abundant life. We know deep down inside because we yearn for it. And if you yearn for it, if you can imagine yourself living a life other than what you're living, you can indeed create it. I love what you know, Walt Disney said it best. He says, we would not have been given the ability to dream if we were not also given the ability to make it come true. So let me, and, let, uh, me, yeah. let me interrupt for a minute and ask you what a listener might be thinking, which is, you know, we know, um, Bruce, that Painful events can rivet us in time. They seem to froze, freeze us in an identity. Um, yeah. I, I, as you say, I'm divorced. My house was yeah. blown away in the hurricane. I'm a wounded military. And so we understand. So given that um, traumatic events and even negative events in our lives, um, one negative response to um, an invitation to a party can torture someone for an entire day because it seems that we take mm. more it takes more <laughs> processing when it's negative so the question okay. someone might ask you is well it sounds great but wait a minute you know i'm alone with the fact that this happened to me isn't that part of my story um yes it is part of your story and it has become part of your <clears> life <throat> and that story is by all means shaping the life that you will continue to live in into the future. And so what I do with, and, and I just wound up getting off of a group coaching call in which we were okay. talking about the, the subject. And what we did was we, we talked about it in, in the context. It seemed like just about all, all of us. I, I am a single man. I am a divorced single dad of two boys. I have full custody of my boys. And so what we, the majority of the people on the call, we were um, talking about, you know, when the, the perfect scenario in which you tell your story to somebody else is going out on a date, right? You right. Know, so that's, right. you know, we, there, are, there are opportunities for you to tell your story to somebody, you know, and so if we were to sit down over a cup of coffee, I'd say, Suzanne, you know, just tell me your life story. Right. And it would, it would be very interesting to me to see 
which event of your life you would choose to share with me. Mm-hmm. And not, not just the event, but the way you talk about the event. You know, uh-huh. I, you know, my ex used to beat me and never let right. me have any fun. I didn't, you know, all, so are you talking, are you still telling the story about the events in, in what I would call a regressive way? Mm. And not only are you looking back on the past, but it, it is actually um, impeding your growth as a human being, the way you tell the story. Are you, you know, ever, go ahead. Well, uh, excuse me. So um, it makes what you're doing right now, which I'm loving, is you're inviting us to reconsider our story. And, you know, our story becomes so automatic that it is our story. And I, I know that sometimes I'll say to my students, my doctoral students in psychology, remember, the person is going to give you the story they give people. And so listen, just as you're saying, very carefully to what they choose to share because it's not the whole story. It's far from the whole right. story. Oh, but it so, is totally you know, but, far from the yeah. whole story. So you're really and asking us to take a look at this, which is so fascinating. I am. In fact, what I get people to do is if you're not in a situation where, you know, for, for me, I, I am blessed because I get to do things like this with you all the time. I'm on a lot of other people's podcasts where I get right. to tell my, my story. And I go back and listen to them. And I pay attention to the language that I use. And I, mm-hmm. I think, well, why did I share that with Suzanne? How, does, does, that, does that story or the way I told the story, does it serve me well? And mm-hmm. also knowing the fact that everything is attractive not in that it's pretty or beautiful, but everything attracts something to us. And we all know the phrase, misery loves company. Right. So look, look around at who your friends are. are. Are you a person who is always telling a woe is me, life is hard story? And are that, is that the dominant story of most of your friends? Misery yeah. loves company. You attract that into your life. So if you're sitting at a table with somebody you're thinking about, you know, going on more dates with, and you're talking about how badly your previous relationship was, (laughs) is it any surprise that your next relationship is a repeat of it? Because that's the story that you keep telling, and that's what you wind up attracting. So here, let me give you a real example. I I am a guy who has been through a ton of stuff in my life. Okay, so just on the surface, I have filed bankruptcy two times. I know what it's like to have my car repossessed, to be evicted from an apartment, to not be able to buy groceries. Okay, I, have, I, I am divorced. I have suffered the death of a daughter. My, my daughter died 16 years ago, mm. and I, have, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer at the age of 50. So mm. I have a lot of stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to tell a story of pain and misery. I used to tell a story of victimhood. Yet, I, I, I'm shifted along the way to realizing that the way I was telling the story was holding me back from living the life. Now, I'm not saying that we fabricate what happened, the events happened. There is a gravestone in Clarksville, Virginia with my daughter's name on it and a birth date and a death date on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say the event didn't happen, 
But rather than me talking about the death of my daughter as a tragedy, I can honestly tell you, Suzanne, that the, that the experience of the death of my daughter was an amazing blessing and gift to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not asking another child, parent who's experienced that to, to come to the same conclusion that I have. But what I've done is, you know, you, you've been through stuff in your life too, Suzanne, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So here, here's the deal. Your ability to survive difficult situations, your ability to survive really tough days is 100%. You've gotten through everything. So what I like to do is instead of talking about telling the story of pain and misery and sadness, I encourage people to make a list of all of the really bad experiences that you've had in your life. And instead of thinking about how bad they were, think about some way, and you might have to dig for it, but think about how in some way you having had that experience has enhanced your life. Are you stronger? Are you wiser? Mm -hmm. Are you more compassionate in some way? Are you a better person in some way because of that event? Now we can sit across the table and share a glass of wine, and I can tell you about these experiences with a completely different energy around them and ultimately a completely different story. Now, what I like about what you're saying, and it just happened this weekend, this was the 15th anniversary of 9-11, and what you're doing, which which people, you know, which people um, have a hard time doing, but I was so thrilled to hear this, this weekend, that is the fact that you carry the wisdom of someone who has suffered does not disqualify the loss. And so I was with a group of people who at first needed to share the loss. But then at some point I said, what have you done anywhere over the 15 years that actually surprised you in terms of your capacity to do it? And Bruce, I will tell you, Everything from becoming a medical missionary to Mm -hmm. fighting in Congress to um, erecting memorials, the inspiration that people gave each other because I say even if you're carrying a broken heart with you, there's room in it and amazing things happen. So what you're saying, I've also seen in just recently that if you see different aspects of your life as dimensions and not the whole story, there's mm-hmm. room to move. There's always a different perspective. There, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, right. And, and I love the 9-11 story because it, it hit very close to home for me. I actually held a ticket that, for the American Airlines plane that went into the Pentagon that morning. Wow. And wow. three days before, I switched to Delta. And I flew a different airline that morning. My goodness, my goodness. And, you know, and so there were so many stories around that. So, you know, 15,000 people worked in those two towers in New York City that morning. You know, why were only 5,000 of them there that day? Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of ways, you know, so we we can, we will always get more of in life what we focus on. So now you and I both know that you got to a place where you were capable of doing this. So if I'm a listener, 
What is the process? And I say to you, you know, Bruce, I'm the third son in a family of superstars. Who wants Mm -hmm. to hear my story? It doesn't match the story of my golden brothers. So um, how do I even get to a place where I want to tell my story or I want to tell a story different than I'm the third brother who never measured up to enough? How do I move out of that spot? Well, I mean, the fact that you are the third brother of of superstar brothers, that's a story in and of itself. Right, you right. Know, so, so first of all, recognizing that. The reality of it is that you are absolutely unique. You know, you, so it's only in comparing yourself to your brother. So that's part of the story that you need to edit. And you need to realize that you are an autonomous, unique miracle of creation. You have, your life has a purpose. You know, I have two boys who are radically different from each other. Um, You know, one literally likes chocolate and the other one likes vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Okay. Yet there are things that one, you know, one of them is just super great at sports and the other one is super great at academics. It doesn't mean the one who's, you know, good at sports doesn't get good grades, but they're not as good as his brother, who's the super brainiac. Um, but getting them to, to stop comparing themselves to each other and to embrace their uniqueness. And, you know, you could tell a story that supports the family. You could say, you know, I am part of this amazing family. My brothers do this and do that. Yet I have these unique abilities. I have a life of my own. And, you know, so first, and, and you can, first of all, just stop even talking about your brothers is, is the other piece of it. Um, but again, I would ask you to look at the elements of the story of your life that you are telling yourself and that you are telling other people and ask yourself this really simple question. Does this serve me? Mm-hmm. All of your all of your thoughts, all of your story, should be subservient to what you want to achieve, what you want to have, what you want to be in life. And if any thought is telling you that you are not capable or the or is making you smaller, then that's a thought you really need to examine. Where did where did I get that thought? Who handed that over? To me, was it was it something a teacher said to me? Was it something did did I you know trip and and fall and make a fool of myself uh, out on a date or at a dance when I was in high school, you know? And and I held on to that. Where did the story begin? Mm. And is that a story that I I need to keep telling? You know. Yes. So first of all, if if you and I went out for dinner. I wouldn't need to tell you about my daughter's passing away on our first date, right? right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. That just doesn't need to come up on, on date number one or, right. you know, or, 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 you know, what my ex-wife was like to, you know, that's not, that's not it. You know, what I'm more interested in is where do you want to go? So if you were, not, you know, so when I hear your story, I want to hear what's called a, what I call a progressive story. What, what is the story that's moving Suzanne forward? 
And then I get to make a decision. Do I want to move forward on a path with her? And I realize no, we're not talking about dating, but are other people, see, the, the, our success in life, unless you want to be the world's greatest hermit, every human being's success in life is dependent on our ability to have relationships with other people. Because we're going to have to ask somebody out if we want to be married someday. We're going to have to apply for that job. So we are going to have to learn how to have relationships. And is the story that we tell, again, we don't make the stuff up, but is the story that we're telling a story that is going to inspire people to want to know more? Right. About us and to want to support us in our efforts. You know, when I've learned how to tell a story about myself, I'm telling the truth, I'm telling the facts, but I'm telling it in a way that I'm hoping will, when I pause, you'll say, wait, tell me more. I want to hear more about that. You know, we're going to have to take a break, but one of the things that you're sharing for our listeners is that actually in this culture... Hearing a story and telling a story is central to intimacy and connection. So as you said, it's not just the guy who lives out being the third brother, but to reincorporate into you will never believe what it was like to be the third brother is a very different person sitting across from the table. We're going to come back and talk more about reconsidering and changing our stories so they work for us. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're here with Bruce Van Horn. He's he's the creator of the workshop, Restory You. Stay with us. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Bruce Van Horn, and we're talking about the story you tell yourselves about yourselves, and how can we restory that to make it really work for you? Um, Bruce and I were talking about um, the fact that people want to hear your story, or you want to tell your story in a way that people are eager to hear what else and what more. But I mentioned to Bruce at the break that I'm so often working with folks who they almost envy others. They'll say, oh, he or she tells a great story. You know, I come from a family where no one really, no one really cared what my story was. I don't, I don't know how to do that. So I listen. I avoid social events. I wouldn't, know where to, I wouldn't know where to start, Bruce. So how can we help our listeners who've been thinking they don't belong in this realm of storytelling? Hmm. Well, I, I would first of all say that everybody is a storyteller and a, and a wonderful storyteller because we are all telling the story inside our heads, you know, so it's, it's the trick of getting it out of our head and through our mouths and into the ears of, of other people. But it's part of it starts with catching your self-deprecatory phrases Things like, oh, I'm not a good storyteller. Right. You know, what, what, right. what perp- you know, there's your big stumbling block. So right. it, could be, it could be that I sit down with somebody. And, of course, asking questions is a great way to draw the story out of that. But mm-hmm. let's suppose that I were to sit down with somebody and I would just start asking questions like, well, where were you born? You know, or, for, or just saying, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Think about what your very first response would be. And if your very first response would be that, oh, you don't want to hear my story. There's nothing special about me. Right, first of all, right. don't say it. Just answer the question as it was asked. Let me determine whether or not your story is worth telling. Mm-hmm. What I want you to do is just answer the question or tell the story. And it could be as simple as, you know, where were you born, Suzanne? Where was I born? Question. Yeah, where I, was, were you born? I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Great. There, okay. there was a simple question. That's the beginning of a story. And did you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I had a sister, an older sister. Great. And you know, what type of things did you like to do when you were young? I loved summer and swimming then. I love summer and swimming now. Great. So there's the beginning of a story. Right. And, and so when we step outside and of ourselves and, you know, if you could, if you could dissociate and float above you and, and listen to yourself talk and simply, it, it's like a speaker learning how to not go, um, all the time. Mm-hmm. And what we try to do, what, what usually happens is a speaker thinks that there ha- there cannot be any pause. There can't be any silence. And so they're always going, 
um, um, well, we formulate the next thought. What a good speaker has, learns to do is just say, okay, and, and allow that pause to be mm-hmm. there. Your silence isn't a bad thing. And so these phrases that we use, oh, you don't want to hear my story. I'm not a good storyteller. You know, that's just you filling the silence. Eliminate those phrases and just just tell, you know, the story can really just start off as, as fact. And once you, it's really practicing. It's just like anything else. It's a muscle that you will develop. It's a skill that you will hone, but it can start off by just having conversations with people and not that we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves and, mm-hmm. and say, well, I've got, I've got to craft this amazing story so that you'll, he'll like me or she'll like me or, you know, so that I can get this job. Just learn how to have conversations with people and let go of the idea. So we have this idea that people are going to judge us and they're going to criticize us or what, and that's not even true and you know, if it if it winds up being true, why why should we bother to to project that before it actually happens? But I think what we'll find out is there are more people who are interested in hearing our thoughts than there are people who who don't want to hear us. Now I understand what? that we may have been raised in a family scenario where we were told to you know to just keep our mouths shut, only speak when you're spoken to, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but but what, I would imagine. Go ahead. Well, what's so interesting? What you're saying is, um, most people I've seen find out that the world is not a TV show. No one's perfect, mm-hmm. and most mm-hmm. people can find something to relate to in any one story. What is when you are willing to tell your story from where you were born to, um, you know, what I love most about baseball, whatever it happens to be, someone, something in your story, just the sharing of it is a gift. And most people have some piece that they can relate to, which is where the connection starts to happen. The, the other right. thing that I think people don't realize is the rules, and this is hard, it's like what you said before, you're not in the family. The rules of the family of origin, you almost, I invite people to consider them as like rules from Mars. So mm-hmm. actually, in the real life world, you're allowed to say, I couldn't believe I won this bowling league. And no one's yeah. going to say, don't get a big fat head over that. Someone's going to go, you bowl? I didn't think anybody bowled yes. anymore. So once exactly. people want to applaud and other people, on the other hand, if someone says this has been a nightmare day, there was a piece I read recently that said, if your car breaks down, one antidote that night is to tell your story like a third party, even looking at it from a funny perspective. Like sure. having gotten off the bridge where you were surrounded by police or you were waiting and three elderly men pulled over and asked if you wanted a sandwich, there's something in that that if you just take a step back, the actual telling of your crazy story not only may be amusing or not to the listener, but gives you the distance to actually integrate it better than if you just ruminate about, Absolutely. you know, about, oh my God, what a terrible I, story. I, yeah. I, I, love, I love to ask people to tell me their most embarrassing moment ever. Mm-hmm. 
and they're, oh, and, and and in the oh, telling you're, you're of their most em- <laughs> I don't yeah, know if so I'd open in the with telling, that in the telling of your most embarrassing moment ever it can become a really funny story yes. if you can yes. detach yes. from what That's you were right. feeling at the moment and realize just the utter hilarity of it and all of the assumptions that happen to create the embarrassment and you know, so it's it's about stepping out of your own shell and and trusting that that the universe is generous and loving and supportive, and there are a whole lot more people out there who want to see you succeed than there are people who want to see you fail. And um, and the other part of it is absolutely everybody has a right to to voice what's on their mind. So this idea that, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I just can't speak up or that wouldn't be appropriate for me to speak up about something. No, speak up. Who, who defined appropriate, right? I, I had a good friend. We were going to do a, a, a conference together and, you know, she's a speaker, I'm a speaker, and we were going to invite a third speaker into this event. And so I said, well, I'll call her and, and find out more information about her. And so then I called the first lady back and I said, yeah, it's going to be great. She's 42 years old. This is her experience and all this stuff. And all of a sudden she stopped me and said, Bruce, how do you know how old she is? I said, I asked her. She's like, Bruce, you don't ask women how old they are. (laughs) And like, who made up that stupid rule? I like that rule. (laughs) (laughs) You know, who made up that rule? If I want to know how old you are, I'm going to ask you how old you are. So let me ask you this. when When you go out on dates, you have two main questions. The most embarrassing question the most embarrassing situation and how old are how you? How old are you? What is your hit rate, Bruce? It oh, can't be great. Oh, oh it's, yeah, I've been single for a while, right? Oh, here's, here's, here's some advice, Bruce. Um, yeah, well, no, I need all the help I can get, trust, trust well, me. Well, here's one thing that I've seen you write about that I wanted to underscore because it's being said indirectly. So if I'm going to restory, you're suggesting, I think, take a look at what I tell myself on a regular basis about myself, how I tell myself about what happened today and what's happened, and take a look at my external conversations with other people and just take a closer look. It's like if someone was dancing and they wanted to improve the dancing, we'd say, all right, let's just take a look at your hands when you're dancing or your your footwork when you're dancing. None of us do this perfectly, but when you have a chance to reconsider, do I really open with that or do I really mm-hmm. sit back and let tell everyone tell a story and I don't even dare to share mine, it gives folks a pause to think, wait a minute, I might be able to restory my life and who I am in a different kind of way. Absolutely. And, and I do this, and I don't know if you do this, but I've, I've recorded 275 podcast episodes, and I have listened to every single one of them at least once. Great. And I, I am constantly listening to my own shows. I will listen to this show um, when we are done, I, I listen to all of my shows because I, I want to constantly be aware of how I'm telling my story because ultimately mm-hmm. my story is my brand. Right. And, you know, so, but we can have a completely different conversation about personal branding. But, you know, it's, 
the story that, that we're telling ourselves is something we are 100% in control of. And like you said, if you will pay attention to the language that you use and the ways you describe yourself or the way you describe events of your life or even the way you, and, and actually most importantly, is what is the story that you are telling yourself about the future, about your abilities to to move forward into the future, because that's even more important. I am less less interested in where you have been, Suzanne, than I am interested in where you're going. I want to know, I want to know what excites you when you wake up in the morning. What, who do you want to become? And unfortunately we allow past circumstances to limit our vision of the future. Right. And Mm -hmm. so our, our ability to, you know, I, I have, and I didn't used to, and and unfortunately this is, I, I was a person when I was 42 years old, which was 10 years ago, I was suicidal Hmm. because I saw no hope for a better life. I thought every single day for the rest of my life was going to suck and that there would be more hardship and that I would never break out of this cycle. And so it's when we, when we don't have any vision or yes. a story, if you will, for the future, what's the point in, in moving forward? What's the point of living today? Mm-hmm. And so that's where people go into despair. So we, what we do is we take the past, and if there's been pain and suffering and hardship, we say, okay, because those things happened, those things will continue to happen in my life. And it's just not true. Mm, it's just right. it's just not true. And and I love where you said this, you know, somebody have, have you ever had a really bad day, Suzanne? You you well, at the end of the yes. day you, you you sit down on, on your bed and you go, Today was just a crappy day. Have you ever had that? Yes. And I have a have great you ever, have, you, go ahead. have you ever really, really broken it down to how much of your day was crappy? It well, usually I a, don't, but it, because yeah. um, I grow up in a grew up in a family that the idea was it's either going to be a great day or you're going to have a great story. Um, so you have, yeah. in other words, it's a way to reframe it. Um, sure, you and, know, and the I, reality I, of it, it was probably a bad twenty minutes. You know, an argument that you had with somebody, the car wouldn't start this morning. That was eight hours ago, Mm -hmm. you know, but you're, Mm -hmm. you you had, you had lunch, you had dinner, you had conversations. Yeah, that's a great point. So so as we look back over our lives, you know, the, the majority of your life has probably been okay. And so let's focus on that part of the telling of our story. You know, one thing that I think. And allow that to shape our future. Yeah, in terms of this very point about the future, I want to encourage our listeners, because sometimes we learn as we teach to invite their children to talk about their future. And in a very interesting story, one of my colleagues worked in a center for young boys who had been very, very badly um, treated. And Mm -hmm. he did a wonderful Tell where you are 10 years from now, tell your story, speak as if you're there, and we'll video it. And one boy insisted he was going to be in jail until then they showed the videos. And when he saw himself speaking about, I'm in jail, he went, I don't want that to be my story. 
I don't right. want I want to do it again. And I thought this is such a real great example that when we actually dare to tell the story of the future, if we tell a positive one, it fuels the road. We may go end up on a different mountain, but the vision fuels the road and people want to hear it and you need to hear it. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And yeah. where we don't have our own personal vision. And one of my favorite quotes, you know, we, we need to be our own leaders. We need to stop looking to other people to lead us. Now, do we need national leaders and civic leaders and leaders within our businesses? But you have got to be the leader of your own life. The number one job of a leader is to cast the vision to be telling the story of where we are going and why we are going there. And Simon Sinek said, vision is the ability to talk about the future with such clarity, it's as if you're talking about the past. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's yeah. very do wonderful. You, do you have, and as part of your story, do you have a very clear vision of who it is you want to be, what you want to have, do, experience, achieve. And all you have to do, if you have a vision of where you want to be in the future, the only thing that you have to do today is ask yourself the question is, what one thing can I do today to become the person who can live in that story? It's terrific. It's terrific. We're going to have to take a break and we're going to come right back to pick this up and also deal with how do we pass this forward to our kids. You've been listening to Psych Up Live and we're lucky enough today to be with Bruce Van Horn. He's the host of Life is a Marathon and the creator of Restory You Workshops. Stay with us. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A wave of change is happening in our world now. A new feminine way of leadership is emerging, yet this is not about women taking over. This rise of the feminine is helping men too. Join host Gina Lazenby, award-winning businesswoman, best-selling author, and speaker on feminine wisdom as she reports on the rise of the feminine with inspiring stories of women who are coming into their own and finding their unique purpose. Tune in and join this conversation in the rise of the feminine each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision. 
one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We've been speaking with Bruce Van Horn. Now, he's the host of Life is a Marathon. Literally, people from 200 countries tune into that podcast, and he's the creator of the ReStory Workshops. And I, Bruce, um, I'm sure people are going to want to know, how do they connect with you? I know you do personal online coaching. How did they become part of that workshop? What can you tell us about connecting with what you offer? Well, thank you for that opportunity. The The best place to get in touch with me is on my website, brucevanhorn.com. And it's just V-A, Bruce, V-A-N-H-O-R-N.com. And there, there are links to all my social media platforms. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, but there's also a, a tab for speaking and events. And there you'll see what I'm up to, that I'm, I'm usually out speaking somewhere, whether it's at a private function for businesses or wherever. But I do on a regular basis, even though I, I don't have any scheduled out for 2017 yet, I've got uh, my Restore You workshop coming up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in um, the end of October. It's October 28th and 29th. It's a Friday and Saturday, two-day live event that I'm, I'm super excited about. So if anyone wants to join me at that event, um, they're going to, I, I will be the, the main speaker, but I've invited some people very specifically who are other coaches, speakers, public figures, who I know that they have completely changed their lives because of the way they changed the story of their lives. And that Wonderful. is what led to their success. That's terrific. That's wonderful. That sounds really, really something people can um, check out. So one of the things I mentioned to um, Bruce over the break just now is what I think is the importance for every family member to actually participate in family storytelling. I don't mean anything formal, but we were talking about having vision and the need to invite children to verbalize vision. And actually, it's funny. Whenever we help our children learn to ice skate, we end up ice skating better. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like passing it forward. And just we were talking about even to talk to the family uh, about what is our story going to be for the summer vacation? What do you think? And it is precious when you actually go around and little ones are sharing what they think. The very pause button that's, that allows a four-year-old to have a sentence or two about what he or she would want is the beginning yeah. of inviting that child 
to feel good about their story and who they are. Yeah, it's it's important, and I I have been you know I, I have two great kids, but I I have grown up with a love for reading, and so I I started off with my boys long before they could read. We we took bedtime you know bedtime stories really mm-hmm. seriously. Yes. And so I, I think a lot of us as parents, you know, we, we would read. I mean, how many times can you read the cat in the hat in one right. night, right? But but as it progressed, we started reading I started reading to my boys every single night more mm-hmm. mature books. I, I started mm-hmm. reading novels. So and, and then even when they got to be you know, a little bit older, you know, we read the Lord of the Rings trilogy hey. and, you know, and, and all of that stuff. It's so, wonderful. But one of, one of the fun things that, that we did is, again, I've always believed that we get more of in life what we focus on. And so the very, you know, my oldest is off to college now, so I don't see him every day, but I, I hear from him at least once a week. And the question is always the same. What's going on in your life that's fun? What's, what's fun? You know, there, we could talk, you know, it's, it's easy to point out the bad stuff. So when my son comes home from school this afternoon, he knows what I'm going to ask him. I'm going to say, what was cool at school today? You know, right. what, you know what, what made you laugh? Did somebody do something silly? And as a result of me asking that every day, his reticular activating system, his radar is tuned to look for those things throughout the day now because he knows he's going to have to tell dad. The other thing that I love to do with my boys, like you just said, family vacation, I, I do it just a little bit differently. And I know you've read the, the writings of um, Viktor Frankl, mm-hmm. um, just a brilliant psychotherapist. Yes. And I probably learned it from, from him. And I forget what it's actually called, but I taught my boys at a really young age to let's put ourselves in the future and talk about the past. Mm-hmm. So if my, if my son is going to a birthday party, while we're on our, while we're driving to the birthday party that hasn't even happened yet, I would say to my, my son, what was your favorite part of the party today? <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's and, great. Yeah. And so what I make him do is I make him imagine that the party is already over and he's got to tell me what he really enjoyed about it. And the cool thing about that is usually that very same thing happens at the party without him even knowing it. Because again, we, our, our thoughts do tend to become things. And so as he's anticipating having fun in a specific way, you can actually sort of create that at the event. So if you're, my, my advice to anybody, first of all, if you are parents, you always can always ask your kids to talk about the positive things of our lives. I am, I am a dad who has raised two boys, and we do not and have not had for many years cable TV in our home. Now, it doesn't mean they don't watch movies. We, have, we stream Netflix. But over 10 years ago, I turned off the news. We do not watch any network news. I don't mm-hmm. learn about I don't learn about airplane crashes or stock market fluctuations until days after they happen. I may see a headline on Google or something like mm-hmm. that, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just don't want all of the negative influence because that influences our story. 
I can't even tell you how many people I know who think that the United States is going to completely come to a screeching halt on November 8th. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, let and, me just, let, yeah. Yep, go ahead. So, so one wonderful thing you're doing is, of course, inviting your sons to think of the positive. I'm going to come back to the news thing. Well, let me just add. Sure. With the news thing, when you finally hear, a good position is to say to a, a kid, did you hear anything about what happened today? Because yeah. then at least they have the opportunity to sort of debrief with you. But many people, right. and I love the fact that you're somehow moderating the media exposure. It is very stressful for everyone of every age. The other right. thing I think, Bruce, that I, that I want to share is having had sons also is they might at a certain age, if we say to them what was really great or fun, I'm going to suggest that they might roll their eyes, but whether they answer or not, the invitation to think about the positive was there and that matters. Whether you when must Bruce, know I have a 13-year-old. Okay. So when you, even when you say, so tell me what happened at that party, they're going to say, you know, what are you talking about? And you're going to say, no, 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 tell me what happened. And that, I love that envisioning. Because, you see, the power of suggestion is that even though teenagers have to be CIA agents or have to resist us, you have laid the invitation to envision and to focus on the positive, even if they're not going to exactly give us what we want in terms of an answer. The question that you ask is what's so powerful. Exactly. And then I do two, for, for me personally, and I wouldn't, you know, so, so some people are um, were raised in a household where that wasn't the case. And you, you may have some people who live around negative, toxic people, and that would be a, a difficult dynamic shift within their household. Right. But you can, uh, you can take personal responsibility over your own thoughts and the input that comes into your, into your life. And one of the things that has been most profound in my life is uh, is journaling, but two very specific forms of journaling that only take five minutes. At the very beginning of every day, I make a list of five things for which I am grateful right at that moment. Mm-hmm. Not for things, you know, not for things I think I should be grateful for, but, you know, so very often it's while I'm drinking cup of my morning cup of coffee, I'll write in my journal, I'm thankful for, co- for coffee. I'm thankful it's a beautiful new day. I'm thankful that, you know, whatever. I make, so I focus on gratitude. But even more important than that, at the end of the day, before I get in bed, and if I don't have an opportunity to write it down, I will, before I really close my eyes and, and drift off to sleep, I'll lay, I'll lay in bed and I will recap my day. And I will focus all of my thoughts on those things that went well, that made me happy, that were successful. Basically, what happened today that I want more of in my life? Mm-hmm. And that, it- that practice gives me, and when, when I start doing that, just like with my boys, it gives me the opportunity to throughout the day when something happens. And it could be as silly as going to the grocery store and the, the girl who puts the groceries in my bag told me a silly joke or smiled at me in a way that mm. made me feel nice. I want more of that in my life. Mm. So as I write those things down, I wake up in the morning knowing that I'm going to write 
those things down again tonight. So I'm going throughout my day looking for those things. It's great. And that, and that helps me shape the story of how my day went. And you know, we get, it's precious go, go because, Bruce, and we're, gonna, we're just about out of time, we've sure. seen the research, gratitude is an antidote to depression and negativity, Absolutely. and it's a beautiful strategy to pass on. I want to thank you, Bruce, for coming on. It's so clear that That's you work so hard. You work so hard at sharing what you've learned and what you've experienced to help others, and I really appreciate you coming on to share the steps for restoring and taking charge of our lives. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure, Suzanne. Okay. Um, I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this show with Bruce Van Horn and any prior show as a podcast later this evening on my host site, my website. At some point, it'll be on Bruce's site. Also on your podcast app. It's right on your iPhone. It's on iTunes under Psych Up Live. Drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Until next week, please take care, thanks, and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week. 